Bates acknowledges the Wurundjeri people as the traditional and enduring custodians of the airs, waterways, seas and lands on which this interview has been recorded. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and celebrate their ongoing cultures and connections to the land on which we all learn, work and explore. Welcome back to Vate Village for 2022. My name is Emma Jenkins. I'm the Education Officer at Vate, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to the first episode of this year's season of Vate Village. Today, I'm joined by Erin Wamala, who some of you will hopefully remember from her fantastic interviews last year. She's the owner of the Kids Bookshop. She's a practicing teacher librarian. She's judged the CBCA Awards. She's contributing at books and publishing events. And recently, she's been appointed to the board of the Melbourne Writers' Festival. She's across books for the early years, books for the primary, and books for secondary students. And it is an absolute thrill to welcome her to Vate Village again to make some text recommendations for Year 7 and Year 8. The episode is going to be split into two. There's going to be an abrupt cutoff at the end of the interview where we stop talking about Year 7 and 8 and we move on to Year 9 and 10. The episode for that will be released in a couple of weeks. As usual, if you have any questions or you want to get in touch with me, feel free to send me an email. You can find me at educationofficer at vape.org.au. Enjoy the episode and I will see you soon. Hello, Vape Villagers, and welcome back to another episode of Vape Village. It's me, Emma Jenkins, the Education Officer at Vape, and I'm joined here this morning with the delightful and wonderful Erin Wamala. Hello, Erin. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Like I was just saying to Erin, off recording before, I've been planning our rendezvous again since the first time that we met because Erin's episodes last year that we did for Vape Village about text recommendations for years 7, 8, 9, and 10 were super popular. Um, so I've invited her back to share some more recommendations for students in year seven and eight and nine and ten. We're going to split this into a little two-part uh, situation. Um, so Erin, I'm just going to throw the, the court open to you. Um, text for year seven and eight. What have you got for us? What are you recommending at the moment? Well, I thought I'd recommend a couple that are, um, haven't even come out yet. Actually. Oh, love it. They're due to come in the next couple of months that I've read recently um, and absolutely loved. And I thought uh, both are really, really good for that early year seven stage. So mm -hmm. when you maybe in a first term where the kids are just starting, they're kind of getting into the flow of reading for yep. secondary and um, even as part of English. Um, and I think both of them would work really, really well. So the first one is called All the Little Tricky Things, and it's by Karis McEwen. Um, and some of you might know Karis as the, she's the, um, she runs the CBC Vic branch, mm -hmm. and she's a librarian here in Melbourne, and this is her first book. And I have to say, it is brilliant. And I'm not just saying that because Karis is one of my friends, um, but it <laughs> absolutely is. <laughs> she's a good friend of Vate. We know Karis here at Vate, so that's yes, really fun. You do. do you have the book there? Can you, do you have a I copy? don't, I'm sorry, I don't have a copy of it. I'm managed to kind of swindle some pages <laughs> so I could read it um because I, I was dying to read it and I was so pleased when I read it it was fantastic because yeah. you know yeah. otherwise could have been a bit awkward but no <laughs> it is really 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 good so this one is set in WA mm -hmm. about a girl called Bertie um who's it's the summer between finishing primary school and starting high school mm -hmm. um so Bertie's about 12 and she's really nervous because she's about to go off to school in the city. So it's small town WA. Yep. She's going to go to school in the city to a private school, whereas all her friends are just going on to the local high school. Mm -hmm. um, and she's kind of excited 
but also feels a bit weird about the fact that everyone's going somewhere else and are they all going to move on without her and yep. will she still fit um, with all the people that she knows when she goes off to school um, in the city. Um, so she's she's a bit of a bookworm. She's, as I said, she's a little bit awkward and nervous. Um, she has a best friend, Claire, who's really outgoing um, mm -hmm. and kind of forces Bertie sort of out of her shell a little bit. Um, and they're going through a sort of tricky phase, again, where they're going to different high schools and they're also at that stage where they've been friends forever. Um, but how do you kind of navigate those friendships just starting to change? And, you know, are we all best friends forever? Or, um, you know, can they figure out how to sort of um, stay friends, but with, you know, other people as well involved? So, um, you know, that all gets a bit um, awkward and tense at times as well. Um, but Claire decides that Bertie needs a list of things to do to kind of help build her confidence and get her ready to go to um, high school. So she writes this list right. um, and it's things like, you know, shave your legs and have your first kiss and go into the city by yourself. And um, and Bertie kind of likes the, I, I guess, the guidance of this <laughs> list, but some of the things make her feel a bit scared and okay. sort of unsure, but she sort of forces herself to do them um, mm -hmm. anyway. anyway. I, I guess yeah that's right to try and build up her confidence um a little bit um it is so gorgeous it's really funny in parts and I think Karis really captured that feeling of being kind of on the cusp of adolescence mm -hmm. but still kind of wanting to be a kid yeah um, watching other people growing up around you and sort of almost moving on um and wanting to go but kind of wanting to stay and and just the nervousness of starting high school you that's know cool. I think yeah, all, all kids who have started, you know, just started year seven will absolutely mm -hmm. so connect with mm -hmm. Bertie and how she feels mm -hmm. um, about, you know, moving on to the next next phase that of is, her life, I think. Yeah, that's right. Like really quite relatable and having been like a house head in that leadership role, looking after year sevens that come in from feeder schools, you know, new, brand new to the school and that sense of I'm at this new school and I'm 12 or 13 and all my friends aren't here mm -hmm. and or like I'm quite young for my age and then some, you know, some students are not. Um, yeah, right. that sounds like it's very relevant for a it's lot so of It's so relevant, yeah. yeah. And and adorable. Like it's just, it's a, a gorgeous read. It would make a great read for the beginning yeah. of year seven, Yeah, I think. Is there like a, a lesson in there with the list that Claire makes for Bertie mm. in like a peer pressure-y, you know? Yeah, vibe? there is a bit, especially the, there's the scene where, um, you know, kind of Bertie's sort of forced into possibly sharing a kiss with a boy who she knows and quite <laughs> likes, but she's not ready yep. um, and she doesn't really feel comfortable um, doing it. And it's a really good scene to talk about boundaries, like personal boundaries. Yeah. Um, and even there's a, even one of the, another one on the list is that she has to jump off this bridge um, mm. in town that's really high. Um, <gasps> Sounds awful. And, again, you know, I think it's really good talking about, you know, boundaries aren't just physical yeah. kind of sexual boundaries mm -hmm. um it's about things like you know actually I really hate watching horror movies or I'm just not comfortable doing that and being able to kind of be confident mm -hmm. enough to say I'm I don't want mm -hmm. I, I'm not ready for that I, yeah. I don't want to do it so I, thought, I like that yeah that was really good and I guess that uh, therein ties the title, right? All the little tricky mm. thing, things, right. things like with an F, but things with a T. Hey, <laughs> you're trying to navigate, especially as a young person, and trying That's to, especially right. trying to fit in and and working out uh, your connections to friends and mm. your connections to family and sort of what you, where you are and what you want and who you are as a person and that's all right that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. That sounds really great. Yeah, I like awesome. the sound of that and. Um, I'm just thinking, I think in our very first season of Eight Village back in 2020, which feels like 
a literal lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the then education officer, Ernest Price, interviewed Karis a couple of times yes. for Vape Village. So if you're so inclined, yeah. you can go back through the archives and uh, listen to Karis talking about uh, text mm. for reading too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that one's available in May. May, all right. Um, yeah, that's Open right. List, all right. Yeah. Great, okay, um, number two. The next one is called The Unstoppable Flying Flanagan, and this one's by Felice Arena, okay. who I'm sure so many of you will know as a Specky McGee author, but recently he's been writing a lot of historical fiction, which I've really, really hey. enjoyed. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's had a couple, you know, kind of a World War II yeah. um, one. He's got a couple of others, but this one um, is set in Australia. Mm-hmm in Melbourne actually during the Second World War um, and it's only it's only shot I do I can show you this for proof but the cover does look um, pretty much like this same you can see Ooh, okay um, so it's so it's only short um, and again a really accessible good kind of first year seven um, novel mm-hmm. so this one is set in the 1940s in Melbourne in St Kilda follows a girl called Maggie um, and Maggie is football obsessed. She absolutely loves footy. She wants to play. She's always kicking the footy around the backyard um, and mainly because her her older brother was also obsessed with footy and he used to play with her, but he's now gone off to war. So he's flying planes Mm -hmm. overseas. They don't know where he is. They haven't heard from him for quite a while. Um, And Maggie is out kicking the footy um, one very early one morning when she is sure she sees a Japanese plane fly over Melbourne. Um, and this is like right after the bombing of Darwin. Yep. Um, and so, you know, a war that felt very, very far mm. away to her before all of a sudden feels very real. Yep. Um, and it feels like it could turn up at any minute, but no one believes her that she's actually um, seen it. Um, so as the, it, the war kind of bubbles along, um, she decides she wants to try and raise some money um, for the troops. And to do that, she wants to form an all-girls footy team or game I guess so two teams um and of course everybody tells her that she can't she gets um you know all the boys tease her because whoever heard of girls playing football um but then she kind of meets women along the way who are doing all kinds of things um that men used to do so there's now a woman driving the ice truck and there's a woman delivering the milk and running businesses and doing all kinds of things um and she starts to kind of get interest from um various um, women around about and realizes actually there are more women out there who are interested in footy than she thought and she she wants to try she tries to field um this team to be able to play yeah um it's a really gorgeous snapshot of melbourne in the 1940s yeah. so when the um, american troops were arriving it's actually um true that there were japanese planes that flew over okay. melbourne yeah. Um, yeah. so they were actually sighted but um but of course you know no one believes maggie um in the story and yeah so i read this one with my son who's 10 um and it brought up some really really interesting discussions um about women particularly particularly at that time mm-hmm. um you know he he was kind of when they said things like you know well, girls are not allowed to play football or do this and he was like what are you talking about i'm like well that's you know, that's, was, that's the way yeah. it was. Yeah, that's right. We have, Sure, we have the AFLW now, but it took a long, long time for it to get there. And certainly in those days, you know, the girls are still playing in, you know, long skirts. Yeah. Um, there were no, you know, shorts or anything like that. And um, we had some really, really interesting discussions about um, how far um, women's roles have come um, in that time. Yeah. And, you know, in relation to his own grandparents and um, things like that, it was great. So I think you could definitely do it up until year seven. Yeah. Um, it would make some great little research projects and, um, you know, a bit of investigation um, into yeah, that. Yeah, I like well. that. That cultural yeah. background and the historical That's significance right. of, you know, women's 
involvement and development in World War Two. did you say? That's 1940? Right. Yeah, 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 that's and, right. And, um, you know, because we all know that, or hopefully we all know that women, you know, taking on increasing roles during that time in the war mm. period, right? And that's then right. all of a sudden the men come back and what happens from there? And, um, mm. yeah, that sound, actually sounds really interesting. Actually, like, I'm surprised. <laughs> Love historical fiction, so I'm not yeah. surprised uh, at all. Um, it was great. Yeah, okay, yeah. flying. Can you please repeat the title for me? The Unstoppable Flying Flanagan. Unstoppable yeah. Flying so That's a, available in April. Okay, so April. Only a couple of weeks. Publishing. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Okay, yeah. Well, I like that. And I like the focus you've, I don't know, is your in, uh, International Women's Day radar mm. is going off about these two Absolutely. texts about young women with young women protagonists. I love uh, I love that. I've been thinking yeah. actually recently about the representation of, uh, like over-representation of like, boys and men mm. in publishing in the young adult texts and yeah. um, you know the representations of women that we pick in the classroom and what we actually focus in on and whether we're sort of always encouraging the same representation of the same type of um definitely you know femininity mm. or, you know whatever absolutely um, another yeah. good part about this too is not only do we have Maggie in that kind of really sports-focused mm. role, which doesn't happen often, um, but we have her best friend, Gerald, um, who is kind of the opposite, and he wants to be on the stage. He wants to be a movie star. He loves singing and dancing, and sometimes he dresses up like Shirley Temple. Um, <laughs> so it kind of challenges the idea of yeah. masculinity as well and boys, and particularly at that time, so mm-hmm. boys' roles at the time as well. They kind of, I, I guess they um, they work well together yeah both of them kind of challenge those stereotypes what girls and boys should were expected to be expected to be like in the 40s yeah Yeah, Yeah. that's right which is still I mean even for study today like what is that what is what are we meant to be doing or what does society Mm. say to be doing you can't see me on screen if you're not watching the video but I'm like lots of uh, air quotes around (laughs) all of these terms and phrases Um, that's right yeah exactly okay all right that sounds lovely all right and the third third text for year seven and eight yeah the third one I wanted to talk about this one came out last year um but I thought people might find it um, interesting. So this one is called Pony, and it's by R.J. Palacio, who wrote Wonder. Yes, um, I was going to say it out, um, I can show you. I've got it, only got a proof, but you can kind of see what the cover looks Pony. like. Pony, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it came out last year, towards the end of last year, um, and I wanted to talk about it because it is, I'm sure there was lots of interest in it, but it is so different to wonder ah, um, wonder is so popular yeah um, it's very accessible kids read it across a number of ages you know mm-hmm. kind of right into secondary and um, primary yep. as well um, and it works quite well it's used as a class text um, mm-hmm. but this one is really different and really really interesting this is historical fiction as well mm-hmm. this one perhaps not quite as accessible as wonder but I think I, you you can't really compare the two, I, yeah. I don't think, yeah. because they're so different. So, um, so this one is set in the 1860s mm-hmm. in America. So we're talking real Wild West kind of um, era and mm-hmm. um, area um, in in America. So kind of uh, I think it's like out of, out of California type mm-hmm. area where it's set. Um, follows a boy called Silas Bird, um, who at the beginning of the story I think is about 12. He has grown up with just his dad in this very remote. Um, farm or property I suppose Mm -hmm. Um, and he's a really smart kid his dad has taught him you know kind of anything and everything Um, and he loves to learn and his dad seems to know um, so much they have a very very close relationship since Mm -hmm. his mother died um, just after he was born Mm -hmm. 
But then one night Silas is, um, is woken when a group of men, a group of bandits turn up um, wanting to speak to his father. Oh. Um, and they think for some reason that his father can help them and they decide they take him away. Um, so they, they pretty much kidnap him. Yeah. Um, Silas's dad says to him, don't worry, stay here. I will be back in a, in a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go anywhere. And his father leaves. Um, but Silas is really torn. He waits for a little while um, and then decides that actually no he needs to go after his father and try and find him and try and save him so he he does he sets off um with just his dog um and his best friend Mittenwool, who was actually a ghost um so silas was hit by lightning a number of years before and ever since then he's been able to see ghosts and he's oh had this companion ever since and so Mittenwool is like is a, a teenager he doesn't know where he's come from or who he was before um all he knows is he's kind of silas's protector i guess and he's his best friend and they so off they go together and so it just turns into this real wild west sort of adventure story as they're traveling over the plains and kind of through creepy forests and um, along the way he meets a U.S. marshal who is also after the same group of men Mm -hmm. um, because apparently they are counterfeiters so um, they've been wanted by um, U.S. marshals and he's trying to find them Mm -hmm. Um, and then Silas enlists the help of a local sheriff and his deputy um, and they end up in like a big shootout and like it's a real kind of adventure story as well with just this kind of thread of magical realism and the paranormal that runs through it as well um it's really gorgeous it's very unexpected it's got a couple of twists and turns in there that work really really well mm-hmm. as well um I just I really really enjoyed it I thought it was great and it's kind of I think she's leveled up um as a writer yeah. since wonder and um yeah quite different so I'd go like kind of right into year eight probably year eight is a good mm-hmm. spot mm-hmm. um for this one because it is just a, a little bit more challenging yep. um but you know it's a it's a good historical fiction slash adventure yeah it's I mean sounds well, nothing really. like wonder nothing. Uh, in any capacity <laughs> whatsoever um but I wonder, yeah. um you know I find magical uh, magic realism just really uh I just don't like it I just mm. can't relate to I just, I'm not about even relating I just don't I just talking animals and like mm. you know, ghosts that you know I just and they're not my vibe is it yeah, um, yeah. like I don't know. Can you convince me on magic realism? <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on the book. Like this is kind of, it's probably less magical realism than just that slight um, paranormal aspect, yeah. I suppose. What I liked about this is that she uses that device to bring in the kind of the history of the local Indigenous people. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so, right. yep. um, so Silas does walk through mm-hmm. a particular forest where that he's always been afraid of and the more he walks the more he realizes actually the ghosts that he is seeing around him were possibly the victims of a Uh, massacre um and they're lost Mm -hmm. um and it kind of he he gets a sense of it's the sadness that he feels that Mm -hmm. makes him afraid Mm -hmm. I guess but as he begins to realize um what has happened to the people sort of around him he he becomes less afraid and more empathetic I I suppose so I mean it's she doesn't go into that a lot you just get a slight sense um of okay. yeah of the the local um indigenous people and kind of what could have happened there um at the time and I really like that as a device um and in this one also Mittenwool kind of connects Silas um I'm not going to tell you how but sort of to his mother as well mm-hmm. um in a really interesting way so um so yeah so it's, there's no talking animals or anything <laughs> <Enough>. <laughs> 
I just find like, um, you know, I really want to be, I really want to be uh, someone who reads widely about this kind of stuff. But yeah. as soon as I hear uh, magical realism as being like one of the things in the text, I think, hmm, you know what, like I'm sure last year I was going on lots about my distaste for fantasy texts and I see a family tree at the start of the book and I just think, oh, like, no, I can't, it's too much. Uh, so magical realism is probably the other one that's up there. But I like, as you said, that the notion that you can learn, like, you know, he's learning about the history of the people that have occupied or that, that have that land, that look after that land or looked after the land and what's yeah. happened to them and that kind of, um, yeah. yeah, the way that, that, that he learns about that as he goes. I like I like that. Yeah, but is yeah. there, um, you, you said Western and I was thinking yeah. like cowboys and like yeah. horses and yeah. hats and straw, uh, you know. <laughs> There's lots of that too. There is. Yeah, there is. And it's it feels a bit like a Clint Eastwood movie or something. Like there is there definitely there are cowboys and there are bandits and there are sheriffs and you know horses and shootouts and yeah. it definitely has that feel to it. Um, okay, all right. I think I'm intrigued. I think I'm intrigued on this one. And it was called Pony. Pony. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, right. Okay, yeah. well, I like the sound of that. I feel uh, yeah. Western inspired. Maybe I'll uh, overcome my, <laughs> you know, magic magic problems and uh, yeah. <laughs> have a look at that one. It's All right. right. And what um, I was going to say, what are you like? What are you reading? Like, I've gone on a rogue now uh, because I just remembered that I wanted to ask you what you were reading at the minute. But yeah, um, I've kind of got a couple of things on the go, which is very unlike me. I don't like <laughs> reading multiple. I've kind of been sort of um forced into it I'm reading at the moment the latest one um from hang on I've got I've got it right here I'm gonna to have to move my thing for a sec Katrina Nanistad that's right so his historical fiction so um last year I read We Are Wolves I think which is just yeah. where did I just see the name of that somewhere I'm not sure right. on the list on a list of some variety Quite possibly. It was on the, it was, I think it was, I'm not sure, it was certainly on the notables for the CBC yep. Awards last year. I can't remember whether it was on the um, shortlist, but that was brilliant. That was um, about a set at the end of the Second World War, which um, you don't kind of see all that much. There's a lot of books set during, mm -hmm. but that immediate aftermath mm -hmm. I find really interesting where, you know, Europe was just ravaged yep. by the Second yep. World War. And it was about a group of children who end up having to fend for themselves um, after they're separated from um, their mother, so a group of German children. Okay, yep. Um, and so, and it was a really fascinating story, so beautifully written, um, really perfect for Year 7, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so the latest one um, is about a Russian boy, so set at the same time, mm -hmm. um, and this one is about um, a Russian boy whose family is killed by the Nazis, mm -hmm. um, and he ends up all alone is sort of adopted by the Russian army okay. um, and almost becomes their little mascot again it's based on a true story mm -hmm. um, so I'm about halfway through that one um, again really interesting and there seems to be you know I, I do find actually across any age but um, in year seven kids really love a war story mm. um, <laughs> Quite often they've read, you know, Morris Gleitzman. Yeah, yeah. The, the yep. Felix series um, and they're often looking for something more and those books are really good. I think they're um, just a, a little bit of a step up in reading ability um, mm -hmm. but have a similar feel set during the same time um, and I think they'll find them accessible and really compelling mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So it's um, two that are good for that. Um, I'm also reading a, uh, this, is, um, this is not, 
a, a kids one, but um, for I do have a book club where I do occasionally read books for adults. Um, <laughs> I'm reading um, another day in the colonies. Yeah, another yeah, day. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. Been doing the rounds a lot lately. Just just shortlisted for the um the talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I found really interesting. Um, it's been a bit of a challenge for me. I don't read a lot of nonfiction. Mm -hmm. kind of almost academic essays mm -hmm. I guess but um, I did have a really interesting discussion with um, a group of women about it um, the other night and it, so um, it's a basically it's a collection of essays where the author who is Aboriginal is talking about she's an academic um, I guess her experiences um, being an academic, um, growing up in the 70s and 80s um, and looking at how um, Indigenous people were represented yeah. throughout history and how it was so different to the reality that she mm. was living um, and how the expectations, I guess, that are placed um, on Indigenous writers um, and, well, people in general, really. Um, and she's very unapologetic in saying that, you know, this, this book is not for white people. I'm writing this book for other um, Indigenous yeah. people perspective I'm not going to water it down and make it easily accessible and you can feel that when you're reading it and yeah. I think it's good to be challenged in that way like that. Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's really interesting so that would definitely be way up in the kind of adult <laughs> section <Yeah. laughs> yeah. not that's a right. seven. that's right but I have about a million proofs of um books that are coming out um this year I'm planning and hopefully um in may to have a, to do a session in person hopefully here in melbourne um where i just talk about books for the middle years because there are so many great books for the middle years yeah cool great um so well, invite us please yeah, uh that would absolutely. be great that sounds great yeah. we'd love to know about that and where we can absolutely. come and a face-to-face -face thing um you know I, know I feel like i've since the last time we spoke i've moved from our home to the office so surely yeah. <laughs> like one day we will be in the same room at the same time <laughs> one day <laughs> So there you have it, Erin's recommendations for text in year seven and eight. Like I said, the episode where she makes some suggestions for years nine and ten will be available in a couple of weeks. You can find all the information about the Vape Village podcast on the Vape Village website, or you can stay tuned via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Deezer. If you are looking for links to the text that Erin has suggested today, I'm going to pop those on the Vape Village website, vape.org.au forward slash village. <laughs> I'm going to go out.